Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. started recording. Okay, wait, wait, start. <laughs> <laughs> you start again. We're, we're off to a really good start. Hello and welcome. This is our this is our first like collaborative podcast episode. So I'm here with Camille. Camille, Hi tell guys. us about your podcast. I currently have a podcast as well. It's called Going Off with Camille. I've taken a little break for a bit just because I feel like I need to want to do some revamping to it and I have a bit of a different vision for it now. But yeah, it's basically a platform where I just speak my mind and my views and my, share my experiences with others. And yeah, I feel like it's very similar to what Riley talks about in certain ways too. And yeah, just a different perspective on life and kind of my journey and trying to inspire people how to get to the place I'm at and working towards and that it is possible type thing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Very similar. I mean, we have had pretty similar journeys. We met, I I feel like personally, I was like in the darkest point of my life when we became friends. No offense. (laughs) No, but (laughs) we were working together in a bar in like one of the like more rowdy bars in the city in Vancouver, um, where blackout, blacking out and like getting really belligerently drunk was very normalized. And our journeys like since then have been pretty similar too. So we just thought it would be cool to come together and share our collective experience and what brought us to that. Like for me, it was dark. I don't, I won't speak for you, but what, brought us there and what changed and where we're at now yeah I think it's um I think it's just really important to share that with people because I feel like so many people do have the same struggles and even for myself like I actually didn't even know at the time I was struggling as bad as I was until started doing until I started doing the work on it but it's crazy how many people are in the same position and still in the same position and I don't know. I think it's just really good to bring light to these situations that are uncomfortable for people. For sure. And I mean, I also had no idea that I was in a dark place at that time. I thought I was having a lot of fun. I thought I was like living. But Me too. <laughs> I would be like, oh my God, my Instagram stories are fire. Like I have more fun than anybody I know. Literally yeah. anybody. But I'm like... Everyone else is, like, over here getting their lives together, probably, like, what is going on? (laughs) Totally. And it's, like, it is about, like, the self-identity in that way. It's, like, what we we are prioritizing and where we're getting our self-worth from. And I relate to that. It's, like, I want to be the person that's having the most fun. I want to travel to all of the music festivals. Like, I need to do the most. I need to be that person. It's, like, truly trying so hard to uphold something that now, in retrospect, I'm, like, what? That was so my priorities were just wild, but I know. I think, um, I think you started, like, I remember when we were really good. 
friends at Capitol and stuff and very much so doing a lot of the same stuff just with kind of different groups of friends and as well with each other but I feel like you kind of started your journey about I would say like two years before me and I remember watching this shift being like uh is this actually like changing like is she is she how did she figure it out like how did you figure it out <laughs> like I I just always felt like I don't know about you but like even through all the partying and through all the the crazy times and stuff I I always felt like inside this burning feeling like oh, I know I meant for so much more like I meant for so much more than this but no idea how to get there and honestly watching your journey was probably one of the few the, like the first people that really inspired me that it was like shit this is possible because I think you were someone who was very much doing the same lifestyle stuff as me and I was like shit it is you can figure it out like how did you figure it out though yeah was that a rhetorical question probably yeah yeah it was rhetorical so, <laughs> I'm like yeah, I don't I was, know um sitting, like watching this watching you blossom into this thing and being like how did that happen for you and like and this is a question though but I'm like did you feel like it was um was there like a certain day or moment or like party weekend that you were like, okay, this is it for me. Like enough is enough. Or did it slowly start happening over time? Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you the same thing. But for me, when I reflect on all of that, it's actually so trippy because I can't really remember like that part of the journey that well. It just seems like they're so separate. You know what I mean? Like I can't remember mm-hmm. the transition from being like an absolute degenerate, like just party monster to like, not enjoying that like it just feels like they're very separate but obviously they weren't um Mm -hmm. and when I talk I've talked about this in the past with clients and stuff and that people have asked me like what that moment was and I guess I had a moment of realizing that like I started my (laughs) spiritual journey or like my my inward you know inner work and that kind of stuff because I was in a relationship that severely was not working and I was being you know, for, I was being taught that I was the problem. I was, I was receiving messaging that I was the problem and I had something that I needed to figure out within myself. So that led me to like, you know, seeking out these like spiritual things and trying so hard to work on myself because I thought if I did that, then the relationship would be okay. But I mean, obviously now, um, it wasn't, it wasn't me that was the problem. That relationship just was not right. But it's kind of ironic because I went into that being like, "Ah, if I do all this, like I'll fix the relationship and everything will be okay. And over time, it became very clear that I needed to let go of the relationship and actually like return to myself. That was a bit of a journey for me. I mean, I can't really remember like specifically in terms of drinking, how I started to shift those behaviors. I guess it was in part because I was in that relationship and you know it removed me from like the degree of partying that I was doing but that relationship was also very up and down and on and off and so when it would be off I would spiral again and there was one moment in particular or not one well yeah one moment one experience where I was really like actually quite committed to my journey and I put myself in a situation where I like went to Um, seashell like the sunshine coast with a group of people that I didn't really know and I just wanted to see the place I just wanted to like meet new people it was like an exercise of pushing myself outside of my comfort zone and I really didn't want to party but I didn't know these people and when I got there it was like beer pong like going off and I was like oh fuck and the first night I was so good I literally like 
I don't even know if I drank at all or just drank a little bit. I like went upstairs and like had a bath and read my book with like my crystals. And I was like, wow, I'm so good. And then the next, I was like proud of myself for having boundaries around it and like still being able to find the balance between being social and whatever. And then the Mm -hmm. next day, everyone was going to a brewery and they're like, we're not leaving without you. Like you're coming, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I really have no interest in day drinking. I really don't want to day drink. But they persisted. And so I... Uh, proceeded to get like fucking hammered and we came back to the place and everybody was just shit-faced and like I was like a t- 12 out of 10 and I was like play fighting with a friend and I you might recall this actually I had a really bad habit of wanting to rear naked choke people when I was <laughs> drinking um, so, so I would always like try and choke people out like not actually but it was funny and my friend was really wasted too she went down like she fell to her knees and I went over her shoulders with my arms wrapped around her neck and face first into the hardwood and smashed my teeth out um so that was like my rock bottom moment I feel like that was like really devastating for me because I had I felt like I had made a lot of progress and I thought I did have it figured out and that moment was like really upsetting because I felt like I was back to square one and it was like probably the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to me, like a drinking injury and that type of like guilt and shame and like self-loathing that comes from something like that is so unbearable. So I feel like Mm -hmm. that was kind of like a moment where I, it was a big wake up call and like a pivotal moment for me. And that's not to say that I didn't have slip ups since then, but for the most part that like put me on a pretty different trajectory and then removing myself from that relationship too, because the up and down, of that just like fed into that cycle too yeah no that's that's really crazy I feel like it sounds like even with the um like it's almost hard to do like a cold turkey unless you were like oh I'm going to rehab type thing but it I feel like it does take a little bit of going and trying to live your life the same as it was in the old way and then that's when you really have those realizations of like yeah I'm not about this shit anymore true yeah it's like you don't realize how much you've grown until you like put yourself back in a situation that you would have would have been normal to and you're like this is unbearable and actually I guess I I'm forgetting a part too like in that relationship there was one experience in particular where we both got really drunk and it just ended up being one of those like drunken fight nights you know like it was just a lot of conflict and like Mm -hmm. it was just a terrible time and after that night I decided I wasn't going to drink anymore so I think that was 2019 and I went like nine months without drinking at all not pregnancy related just like coincidentally nine months but that was (laughs) my first real stretch of sobriety and it really felt good for me um it was pretty challenging because my partner at the time was like not on board for very long. So then it became like there was resistance in the relationship and it was creating problems. And eventually I started drinking again, but I would do like the sober months and it was like almost like a stretch of like, at first I couldn't do it. I remember trying to do a sober June and I got wasted on June 1st. Like it was not even a thing. And then I would do the sober months. Like I remember doing them at Capitol and then just getting like so wasted like the last day it was just like an all or nothing thing so that nine months of not drinking was like I guess probably the real start of like me exploring like actually being present and being sober and what that felt like Mm -hmm. yeah that's crazy it's crazy how um also that you went in well you started that relationship about being like I need to do all this work on myself and then doing all the work and it almost went a 360 where you're where everything just transformed you're like it's actually not me I'm good now and 
you know what I mean? Like, you're the one who needs to do the work now. Yeah, well, it's, like, not even maybe that, but it's just, like, it was the situation. It was, like, the self-abandonment that led me to that relationship Mm -hmm. in the first place. And that relationship was very much built on that identity that I had. Like, we met in Vegas at a pool party. Like, what did we, you know, like, that was Mm -hmm. the nature of it. That's what that was built on. And, like, both did grow, but it just... it. It, there anyways there were so many other things so it yeah it's ironic because I went into it like it just goes to show that like my self-worth was like all around the relationship and that experience taught me that like I needed to get back to myself first and like build that relationship to myself which took years yeah it's, no I can relate with that a lot I feel I feel I was thinking the other day how interesting it is that we're like we can be inside of our bodies, but so vastly like disconnected from them. Like, I don't know the, when it comes down to like trusting your gut and going with that and like feeling what's right or wrong about certain situations. I, I did not trust my gut whatsoever, anything or listen to it for anything. Yeah. And I feel like with, um, like my journey, I feel I had, I had, it was honestly lockdown for me that did it. Like, up until then, I was the exact same way. I had been the exact same way since I, before even I moved to Vancouver, like since I was probably 16, partying heavily. And I had gone through a lot of traumatic things, like at a really young age in high school with one a boyfriend being very abusive and the other one and ending up killing himself. And that was kind of like what started my, my like partying and journey of things. Like just dealing with so much stuff at such a young age and not knowing how to deal with it and just completely like shutting my emotions off and when I went to um when I moved to Vancouver it I just thought I thought it was all the island like I talk about this in my podcast too where I just felt like it was this place and that's why I was this way and if I move away I'm not going to be in pain anymore this or that but it just didn't happen like it was just the same shit in Vancouver for the whole eight years that I was there the entire time like I could never be alone and I remember when lockdown first started I remember stressing about that being like oh I have to go home to my parents house because I definitely know I can't be alone in my apartment and be in my thoughts and so I went home to my parents but again they have their own lives and were working from home and stuff so I was alone a lot during that and there was days in that that really like kind of shook me to my core of like how many things in my life that I have not dealt with and just been partying and like I would work like doubles all the time, try to work like 60, 70 hours a week between doing hair and do serving. And then whenever I had free time, I would go out and party. Even if I had like worked a 16 hour day, I would go out at one or two in the morning and party till 6am, like just so I didn't have to deal with anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. The silence then, is scary. Like, I think that's a, it for a lot of people. It's like if you slow down and you sit with yourself, things are going to come up. And if you don't have the tools to deal with that, then it's just a matter of like when you have that emotional discomfort, it's like how can I get rid of this immediately? Totally. It definitely like that. A bit before 2020, like before the lockdown, I started my boyfriend now. I met him, but we weren't together for like about a year before we actually were official. But even just meeting someone like him and watching how he moved through life and how self-aware he was and how he responded to like altercations and this and that and just so free-spirited and in tune with who he was and like he to this day people are like he's not from this planet like he's from somewhere else and I'm like, yeah I, I agree but being around that too um 
really was eye-opening for me that I was like, I don't understand how a person can be happy all the time and at peace all the time. Like it was mind blowing to me that someone could be in a state of peace majority of the time. (laughs) My life was so far from that and so chaotic, but it wasn't, half of it wasn't even my own shit. And I don't know about you too, but like a lot of the shit I carried around as hurt and pain wasn't even mine. (laughs) Yeah. It was like everyone else that was just like barricading me with all these horrible things. And yeah, I really feel like during the, um, the lockdown, I had so many realizations about the people I was hanging out with and about the traumas I had gone through and the relationships that I had had. And I really started to shift things then and started actually opening up to people that I had never talked to any of this about with anybody. And like, you've known me for years, like I'm pretty outgoing and talk about a lot of shit and, there was some stuff that I couldn't bring myself to tell anybody about. And once I started doing therapy and I went to a trauma specialist for like um, five months as well. And, you know, like actually doing some of that stuff, I, it was so interesting to just realize that like, I wasn't actually broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I actually thought I was going to be stuck in this. Like I was in a never ending hallway of like opening these doors nonstop of like one after the other. And then there's another block and one after the other. And then those doors just started to get easier. The more work I did that yeah. and that they weren't so dark and like the hallway wasn't so dark. And I was like, Oh, this is actually getting easier to walk through these obstacles or these challenges. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been really powerful. That's so cool. What was that transition like for you? Like, it sounds like you were in lockdown and you started to be kind of like trapped with your emotions and like all of that stuff started to come up for you. So what, at what point were you like, okay, maybe I need some professional help to sort through this? Um, to be honest, during lockdown, my brother and I had had kind of like an underlying beef for a long time. And (laughs) when he came back, we had, you know, like a big, we had a huge blowout and a lot of stuff came up for us on both sides and I actually felt like um our relationship probably was never going to be existent after that and after that stuff too and all the other stuff that had just come up with like what I was dealing with in the basement for like a month prior I was like I need to do something about this because I don't know how to do it on my own my parents don't know how to help me through this like it's not that they didn't want to and they tried and stuff but like the stuff that had actually gone on in my life was so complex and so too way too much for like them to deal with like I actually needed help and I think realizing that it was it was just during that lockdown that like time where we literally couldn't leave the house for those six weeks and when I came back to Vancouver um I, I felt a, I felt the shift a lot that summer because I was around all the same friends and we'd go to the beach all day and you know wreck beach is like and like go go there and stuff and I would find like I just wasn't wanting to do that stuff anymore or like some days I would just be sober chilling and like literally having a good time like listening to music looking around and everyone just coming up to me what's wrong with you today what's wrong with you what's wrong with you and I I finally just snapped and after like five people said it to me I'm like nothing is wrong with me this is also a side of who I am and the person I am I am chill I'm calm I'm down to earth I I like to just enjoy life and be like in my energy and that is also who I am I can't be the life of the party all the time I can't live up to being this entertainer all the fucking time it, mm. it is exhausting yeah <laughs> and it's you know like it's just not what I want to do anymore and we'd go to par- go to parties and stuff and before I pull all-nighters one two days in a row like not sleeping just partying and it would be around 1 to 12 or 1 o'clock and I was like yeah I'm over this like I want to go home and I would just keep it it just kept happening all summer and then 
I was like, I just feel like I need to fully break this cycle and just go home for a bit and be close to my family and be in a smaller town and just really like, like be forced to almost be alone for a bit. Like it was, I felt that pull of like the old life and the new life just weren't gelling in that moment. Like I needed a way bigger shift and to put myself somewhere else to allow that growth to happen. Mm-hmm. That's really brave, like to remove yourself and to honor yourself in that way and like trust yourself. You said before that you felt like you were never listening to your intuition. And obviously you learned how to do that. And that's that's what it's all about. Like we just need to like hear ourselves and honor that because we know what we need. Like I always say to my clients and to everybody all the time, it's like this journey is not about becoming someone else. It's just about actually returning to yourself like we've all abandoned ourselves and it's not even our fault because we've been through shit that's hard and we're not given the right skills to cope and it's normalized to just like sweep shit under the rug and paired with that it's like partying is like a cultural norm that we're expected to just do for a while and then figure out how to escape that on our own and I feel like that is just setting so many people up to have such problematic habits throughout their entire life Totally. And like, I mean, like, I'm not 100% sober, but I definitely could never go back to that way I was like, I'll go out for a drink, couple drinks if someone's having a dinner or something, but usually not even enough that I can still drive home at the end of the night or something like that. You know, it's just, it's not like I remember vividly sitting in a room being like, Ooh, I don't, I'm having some really dark thoughts right now. No, no, no. Gotta go out, you know? Mm. And I think so many of us do that and it just comes down to so many of us not living the lives that we fucking want like I think that's truly what it is we're stuck in these shit relationships we don't want to be in we're stuck in these jobs or feeling stuck in these jobs that we don't want to be in and or we're living somewhere we don't want to live and in turn we end up doing substances to try and mask that but that only lasts again for a weekend and then Monday comes around and you're back to your life that you don't like <laughs> so Ooh, I don't know I try- yeah you know, like yes. I try to encourage a lot of people and since, especially coming back to this town, I see a lot of friends and a lot of them are so powerful and have so many gifts, but they're just not utilizing it. And it just frustrates the hell out of me because I'm like, you don't even know how fucking good it is to just like not have to be messed up all weekend because you are vibrating so high that you feel like you are on drugs all the time. Like sometimes I even feel like I'm going to cry because I feel so aligned in my purpose and in myself. And that is like such a powerful feeling. (laughs) I love that. I can relate to that. Like sometimes gratitude, the gratitude that I have for the life that I've created is so strong that I don't know what to do with it. It's like literally you can achieve ecstasy, literally sober, if you learn how to make yourself feel good. And I think that everything you just said is so valid because I mean, yeah, if we're out of alignment with ourselves, then life is going to feel really hard and then we need to find ways to escape, but it's all an illusion. You're not escaping anything. You're just making it even harder. So it's really, it can be really hard to escape that pattern. But when you do, like exactly what you said too, it's like once you start to do it for yourself, it becomes really uncomfortable to watch other people not live in their potential and not know who they are when you can see how amazing they are and how much is available to them and you know how much fulfillment is waiting for them it becomes hard to not 
to not force, try and force people to like be on the journey with you. And that was a lesson that I needed to learn like the hard way, I guess, like over and over. Like I wanted every, once it's like human nature, I've learned that when you start to feel good, you want other people to feel good, but it's important to not like try and force your beliefs or your experience on other people. And I I had a hard time with that, especially like in relationships or close friendships. I'm like, no, you got to do this too. Like, this is amazing. And it just, it puts people off. Um, and that kind of actually leads me to something I wanted to ask you while you were talking is, did you, this is something that people ask me a lot or that people like experience a lot. I find, did you lose friends when you started to prioritize yourself? Oh yeah. I've lost a lot of friends, (laughs) but I've also had a really interesting experience too. Um, I feel like I've lost a lot of friends, but it's again like created space for all these new friends to come into my life but even the old friends I do have or the things that I've learned I'm not I find not trying to push like my journey or like what's helped me or this or that onto anyone but me just by leading my life by an example and trying to communicate with people or if I'm in an argument with someone and they're really frustrated and yelling you know like I was trying to tell them like I'm gonna need you to come down here because I'm at this level and I feel like just the way I like my how my own journey is and stuff it's inspiring so many people around me to kind of shift their mentality and I have a lot of friends been saying that too which is ones I definitely didn't even expect to reach out have been like I've been watching you and liking this and like "Mm, this is great but the ones I lost it it hurt for a bit for sure like I I didn't really understand it I'm like why do you not like me if I'm doing good things in my life Mm -hmm. but it's because misery loves company yeah I mean and it It still doesn't make it any less uncomfortable especially when it's like at the beginning of your journey and it feels so confusing but I had people who like I legit thought were my best friends like not even just like drift but like actively like ghost me like block me when I started to be positive instead of like miserable all the time which was so hard for me to reconcile it's like what the fuck but then you think about those friendships and like I always tell this to people it's like when you build your friendships on the foundation of partying, there either has to be like a lot of shared interests, like true interests for that friendship to survive outside of that. Or that person has to be like on their own journey and like keeping up with you to some degree. Otherwise there's Mm -hmm. nothing there. Like you just truly have nothing in common. And it's so important to recognize what you said about like, it's like the law, it's the second law of attraction. Like when something leaves, something better is coming. So when those people take themselves out, it's like a, a blessing, even though it doesn't feel like it is. Totally. No, I think like something I've really been trying to practice a lot is, is like the art of letting go because I always had this like proving myself factor a lot. Like I, I always had to prove myself that I'm the best at this. I'm the best friend and this and this and this, that I'm, I'm going to go out my way and do all these things to be the best friend. And it was just never getting reciprocated. And I feel like taking a step back from that has been really, really good for me to see like who actually gives me as much as I give them in a healthy way, in a positive way. And it's not so much, I'm not pouring all my energy into someone who's not doing the same for me and just letting go of the ones that like I've had friends where yeah it's nothing bad has happened but we're just on different journeys and I'm like I I, like love I will remember all the memories we had together yada 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 but it's no bad blood it's just we're on totally different journeys and they're not always going to align 
And I think it's just being okay with that and surrendering and letting go to the things you can't control. Uh-huh. It brings so much more peace, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Surrender has been, like, my my like keyword since the beginning of COVID like the beginning lockdown as well is when that relationship ended my life got like flipped on its fucking head like I was in a relationship living in Port Moody working at a gym and like all of that disappeared within like three days and I rode off my car and I was just like in this moment of like what the fuck like I have nothing I like went and moved in with a friend I had nowhere to live I had like no furniture like had no money I was completely financially dependent as well so I was actually really fucked in retrospect and I found this book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer and most people know his other book or one of his other books called The Untethered Soul but that book is amazing and it's all about how he just chose surrender and it's the story of his life and how he like attracted such an incredible reality just by like saying yes to life and like choosing to like go with the flow and it was life-changing because you realize that we actually don't have control over anything anyway like it's a fucking it's a an illusion it's a trap like we don't have control so stop wasting your energy and when you put that energy into something productive that's where the magic happens totally it's it's so powerful I don't know I was a major control freak about a lot of things and how things should be and look and even like yeah I don't know even with Instagram like everything has to look perfect on there and I have to look cool and I have to look like this and I have to look desirable and I don't give a fuck anymore that's <laughs> huge don't care. that's I'm huge. like I feel good you know like and I'm that was a that was a huge barrier for me too. And I only literally realized this like when I was in Texas recently, like two months ago, and I had been building a business, but I was getting in my own way so badly because I was so afraid of like losing my false identity that I thought I have of like being cool or like being like, you know, just the way that others were going to perceive me. Like if I go all in on my business and start really talking about this stuff, people are going to think differently of me. And like, yeah, obviously, but not in a bad way. Like it's not a negative thing. I think the whole concept of self-identity is so key because we have like all of these masks that we try and wear and the, the fear that we have around like having a new one or losing one, like literally controls our life. Like I, I can remember thinking about myself as a party girl and like I, I truly felt in my soul that I had like nothing to offer. Like I was like, yeah, I mean... I have like a physical appearance that I'm okay with and I'm really fun. I felt like partying was like my only skill, which is really fucked up. It was the, drinking was the only thing I was good at because I could drink a lot and like not throw up usually. Like that was my skill. So funny how we like make that like a skill. Like I can drink this much and stay up all night. Like what a goal. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, like it's so bizarre. And yeah, I think I, I felt very similar to that too. I had... I based so much of my like self-worth and value on men thinking I'm attractive or wanting me. And if that, so I would do anything to draw attention to that. And whether that be going out and looking good, drinking, partying with people, like doing wild ass shit, you know what I mean? Like as long as like, I felt like the male species <laughs> thought I would this and which is like funny because I find men so annoying now but like <laughs> but yeah I don't know it was just like I don't I hadn't I didn't think I had anything to offer other than as well partying and like my body and this and that and it's so far from that like I feel like even now if I was single I couldn't even I don't even know if I could ghost 
sleep with someone because I'm like, I have so much to offer and I don't feel like you maybe are deserving of that. <laughs> no, celibacy is very real for me right now. And it's honestly a struggle. I was having this conversation with another girlfriend earlier today. Like, I'm at a point in my life where like physical compliments are insulting. Like, I have worked so hard on, like, who I am and what I have to offer internally that, like, if you can't see that and you don't honor that and you're not, like, truly seeing me or, like, even making an effort to see beyond my physical appearance, it's, like, Mm -hmm. repulsive. And I I shared that story with you about, like, meeting a guy who was very much, like, the universe testing me and him (laughs) just being so shallow with me and, like, trying to get me to go out with him. And I was like, no, like there's no substance here there's this is the most meaningless shallow conversation i've had in years probably like this is very off-putting whereas me before like you said would have been like you think i'm hot oh my god you're gonna buy me drinks let's go like i would have been gone with the wind like there would have been no hope for me in that situation so it's it's all really boils down to like external validation whether it's male attention or like being the life of the party people thinking we're cool people thinking we're fun it's like we we weren't able to validate our own experience we didn't know what our values were so it's like we're just aimlessly out in the world trying to like impress people that don't matter like that quote like you know buying things that we don't need to impress people that don't matter like that's very real we're like actually physically harming ourselves in order to uphold a self-identity that does not serve it us at all no it's it's so true like i actually i don't know i find that i think obviously i think about like even working out i think is amazing and, I, and great and stuff but i i found i actually been doing more of my stuff at home lately as opposed i was going to a trainer and working around a bunch of women and all day everyone is just complaining about their body their body and I was finding like the last couple months I've never have been so insecure with my body and I was like I'm at the gym doing the shit like why am I feeling like this but I actually had to stop going there because of my hip or whatever it's out of I'm doing some work on it right now but even just getting out of that environment and doing stuff at home by myself in my own world has been a game changer because I'm like you you pick up on that stuff around you and you start to look at yourself like oh maybe I'm like that because I'm looking at these girls being like man those have they have great bodies and they're thinking they're disgusting and now I'm like okay what am I you know Mm -hmm. but it's just that yeah not needing that validation from people and just like now I'm like I start my day off like not looking on Instagram, unfollowed all those girls with perfect bodies because I'm like, that's not real. I don't mean to see that. And I start my morning off like doing a little workout and getting dressed. And I'm like, I look fucking good today, you know, <laughs> because I haven't started the day looking at 5 million people online and being like, oh, yeah, I don't look like that. And I'm not on the beach right now. And I'm not tanning with a sun hat. Like, I just woke <laughs> up, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Social media so is a vulnerable like we put ourselves in a very vulnerable place like we don't know what we're going to see you don't know what someone's going to post you don't know what that energy is going to be like and it's it's risky for sure to like get on there first thing in the morning and expose ourselves to that because it sets the tone for our day and I'm trying to get better at that as well but um I think it's huge like comparison is like one of the main things that will lower your vibration and probably a big driver for a lot of people who are feeling stuck with their drinking patterns it's like are you comparing your life to other people and is it making you feel shitty about where you're at and want make you want to drink maybe for me that was definitely part of it there was other factors but I felt very lost like I was struggling through university didn't know what I was going to do after that 
knew I didn't want to be a server for much longer. That that's a whole nother conversation, like the toxic nature of yeah. that industry and how normalized it is to take as many shots as you can before you die that day and then ex be expected to show up the next morning. Like that whole culture is damaging and like needs attention. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, that's a whole nother world. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about before I started thinking about that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just lost. Like, I was just lost. That basically, for me, is the the foundation of it. Like, I did not know who I was. I did not know what I wanted for my life. I, I always knew that I kind of wanted to be a personal trainer, but I had this imposter syndrome. Like, how could I ever help someone with their wellness goals when I'm getting blackout every weekend? Like, that was in my way for probably, like, a decade. And so when I finally cleared out that habit and got honest with myself, I was able to achieve that. And now it's evolved into something different. But basically, it's we're just going full circle back to what you said at the beginning. Like if your life is out of alignment with who you are and you don't know what your values are and your life is not stacking up like in a way that is meaningful for you, then you're probably going to sabotage yourself in many ways. It is. And like, oh, totally. I, I don't know. I just... I mean, it's so scary to turn the mirror around on yourself and be like, what have I, where do I hold accountability in my, how my life is going and this, this, and this. But it, if you really try, like I find it doesn't take, like it's a constant practice and something, if you want to do the work, you're going to do the work on yourself the rest of your life. But when you really decide to make that choice and start noticing your patterns and, and trusting your gut, like I can't tell you how many times you've been out in situations or something, right? And you're like, oh, I don't know if I should go out or I don't know if I should go back to this place at 2 a.m. Like, I should probably go home. Like, trust that shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is your body looking out for you and being like, you know, you don't need to do this. or You know what I mean? You don't need to feel like shit. Like, so many times we just go against that, but it's not worth it. You're going to, what, like, stay out all night, do this, do probably 10 more things you're going to now regret, be sad for the rest of the week about it, and then go out again and get fucked up to forget about that shitty week. It's a never-ending cycle. It but is. But to just, like... I don't know, just to sit in yourself for a bit and like really work through what, where your life is lacking and where it needs to improve and what you, what you actually want it to look like. Once you just, even just one little thing, like make one little change every day, nothing even huge, those will just add up over time and you will get to become, like you will become more of a person that you actually love and want to be around and want to see success for, you know? Totally. It's like dating yourself. We need to get to know ourselves and figure out what we really enjoy and how we can meet our own needs and self-validate and take care of ourselves and literally create. There's there's just so much to be experienced and to enjoy and to like do in this life. And none of it requires impairing your judgment or being a different version of yourself. And I think it's really hard to be honest with yourself, but you need to know why you're doing it in the first place. And like, I was just having this conversation. For me, it was, I didn't think that I was able to be fun or social or that people would like me if I wasn't drinking. Like I truly like, that was my limiting belief around alcohol is like, I'm only fun. People are only gonna like me and wanna be my friend if I'm drunk all the time. And for some people that was true, but obviously those were the, not the right people to be in my life. And then the people who truly are like real friends love me so much more when I'm able to just be myself and mm -hmm. I'm sure the same for you and the same for everybody. Mm -hmm. Totally. 
like I said, like there's been a lot of people and, and I feel like it's not like, I think we have this fear that like going on this journey, you're going to become a different person. Like you do become a different person, but you're still you, yeah. you know, like I think it's like a scary thing that we're like, Oh, if I go and make this leap for change, I'm going to not, I'm going to have to leave that entire person behind. But it's like that person, that journey was still relevant and the journey you needed to get you to this place. But it's just like honoring both sides and you're still you. Like, I feel like I'm still, I don't, I don't need Molly or tons of alcohol or to be out to attend different parties, being the center of attention for people to think I'm awesome and funny and a good person. You know what I mean? Like I can hang out with one person for that and feel that still, but yeah. Yeah. I think even, like with therapy too and stuff like that, like with all these things, people think I don't want to go to therapy because I don't want to, they're going to change me or fix me or this or that. It's like, no dude, they just help. All this shit just gives you tools to live closer to your truer self and how to go through life better and just navigate through life better. That's all it is. Yeah. Cause we were never given those tools or we wouldn't be in these situations in the first place. I, I say all the time, like I think it's fucking wild that we're never taught what our emotions are and what they feel like and how we can process them because it, you kind of said this, already but like I remember very clearly like I've always been like a reactive moody person like I have big emotions and it's always been hard for me to manage them and I always felt like something was wrong with me like I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on like supplements and stuff like convinced that there was just like something out of balance like you know whatever it might be and then I went to some healing ceremony one day and someone said something that really resonated with me and it was basically that like when it comes to our emotions all you need to do is nothing. And we just have such a hard time with that. We just need to be able to sit in the discomfort because emotions will come and emotions will go. Always. They always do. But we find ways of like interrupting that process and altering our consciousness or whatever, right? Like finding ways to try and escape it. And by doing that, we're then suppressing all these emotions. We're bottling up all this shit, not letting it like be released and expressed. And that creates that's what leads us to being so reactive and also like obviously physically manifests as like illness and so much shit. It's just like, all we need to do is learn how to sit in the discomfort and the emotion will always pass. And it's so hard at first. Like it's so hard because half the time we don't even know what we're feeling. We're never taught. Like totally. I learned, I learned a little while ago too, like that initial emotion of that, like when you get your like, you feel like you want to fire back or this or that, like whatever it may be, that first emotion actually only lasts 90 seconds. So it's essentially like, yeah, just sit in that emotion for a bit and it will, and whatever it may be, maybe yell into a pillow or cry or this or that, but it's exactly what you're saying. Like as soon as you just sit in it and process it, the emotion can, or the energy can start to move. And then it's not sitting on your body on top of 5 million other things. Yeah. And energy, like it is energy. It's just energy that needs to move through you. Like emotion is energy in motion. And when you look at it from like an like an energy perspective, like you have a choice in every moment. Like do you want to like hop on the water slide down to like all of the lowest vibration emotions? Because that's easy. Like and it sometimes it feels like that's not what you're doing when you have a habit like drinking or whatever. But like what do you think a hangover is? That was like the number one thing that made like sealed the deal for me when I finally became like more aware of my emotions and my energy. It's like, I like being high vibration. I like feeling good. I like feeling like I'm on drugs 
all the time just because I'm connected to myself and I'm living a good life and I like being present. Like, why would I sacrifice that Mm -hmm. for anything? Totally. And I think you kind of start to forget, like, it's probably for you too. Like, I didn't even realize because I was doing it so much that I was in a come down all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're always, when you're always just high, high, high on the weekend with all these substances and then you're vibrating on that low level, like, you're you don't even realize that you're going to come down until you actually step away from it for like a long period of time. And you're like, holy shit, that was a roller coaster, you know? Yeah, you're like, wait, that's <laughs> like, not what life feels like. That's not normal. Yeah, like I don't have to feel like I'm 15 and hormonal and just got my period all the fucking time. Like, yeah. Oh, I remember <laughs> like when I had like my short, well, it wasn't that short, like, but I worked in a, the corporate world for like three years and it would be like, I would get absolutely fucking lit on the weekend it would take me till like wednesday or thursday to even feel human and then by friday it sometimes thursday it was starting all over again like it was a never-ending cycle like there was no time for me to even know what was going on in my body like i was so disconnected mm-hmm. for yeah. you like when you started to change your actual drinking habits because this is a question i get a lot like how did you navigate like actually stopping drinking? Did you take a break altogether? Did you just like start drinking different shit? Like what was that like? And like, did you have I a- I just took a big break altogether. Yeah. Like I honestly too, like moving back here, um, you have to drive everywhere. You cannot walk anywhere. Everything is so spread out. So it was like, if I, and I also was like, I don't really want to spend like, money for two drinks and have an extra $30 on my bill for, you know what I mean? Like, I just didn't care. I was like, there's no point. I'm yeah. not going to even do it. So it was just like, yeah, I'd rather, and I don't want to be uh, almost 30 years old sleeping at people's houses anymore. So it was just like, it just started to happen. And I just felt like I didn't want to. I felt like I was in environments where I was just like, no, this isn't for me. And it, it wasn't intentional really, but it just, the more I start like stayed away from doing it, the more clear things became. Yeah, that's interesting. But that change, like, yeah, it was definitely more when I came back to the island where I really took a big break. And, you know, summer was like, I don't, it's just different. Like, even, like, last summer, like, I, I'll have some drinks or something here and there, but it's, it's just enough, like, that I'm, like, I can drive at the end of the day. That's how little they are. Or, you know, like, I, I just never let myself get to that point where I'm not in control of myself. I'm blackout. I don't need to go there. Like, I'm still an amazing, funny person. And like weird and quirky all without doing alcohol to like how drinking alcohol like and that was something I realized like I always thought oh I'm not going to be funny if I don't do this or I, I have a really good imagination for funny shit if I'm like this or that but I actually can regardless I just never gave myself the opportunity to see that that's amazing like this conversation is crazy because you and I have never really talked about this we almost like went our separate ways like four or five years ago and then just like are literally having this conversation like for the first time. <laughs> um, what did you say? Oh, I said, I said, always oh, just like low-key cheering each other on. Yeah, no, own. like fully <laughs> supporting each other and like staying connected in a sense, but like never had a proper conversation. But you're saying all the things that I say all the time and it's so trippy. And I think the reason why is because like when people ask me like, how did you do it? I'm like, it wasn't like, it didn't feel like that because I did the inner work 
it just made everything feel effortless in a sense. Like it stopped being that like uphill climb. Like it wasn't, I was fighting myself for so many years. Like I wanted to stop drinking, but I couldn't because I hadn't resolved things from like the root, right? Like you need to actually like, it's hard, it's uncomfortable. And that's why most people don't do it. It's like, you got to fucking stare your shit right in the face and unpack all the things you've been running from. And then you're fucking free and it's so worth it. But if you don't do that, then you're going to continue battling yourself forever. And when you do it, it's like, oh, now exactly. Like I like myself. I like my experience. I don't need anything to be anything. Like, and I, I say that to my clients. It's like, what, what is it about yourself that you like when you're drinking? whatever the answer is, it's like, you have that within you. You can cultivate that. If you're, if you feel insecure and like, you're not confident without alcohol, you're not doing yourself any favors by relying on alcohol because you're not building your confidence. You can do that. You need to do it sober in order for it to be real. Yeah, exactly. I actually felt like sober. I was pretty confident, but I actually thought had this weird conception that drinking I'm way more confident and stuff but it wasn't it actually in turn made me more insecure because I would have so much regrets about things I did but when I was just sober I was like I'm fucking dope like I'm amazing I'm a good person I'm killing it in life like this and that but yeah it's weird you think alcohol makes you more confident because I mean honestly I'm a pretty bold blood person anyway I don't really have much filter half the time when it comes to saying things but I don't know for a lot of people I can see that it being like Uh, oh I want to I'll be more confident this way or I can do this more but you yeah it's exactly that you still can do it you just have to not give a shit I remember listening to one of your podcasts about when you were like oh I used to like dance in my car and then I'd get so embarrassed when people would dance now I'm like fucking join the party and I'm like yes I'm like like, oh a performance don't mind if I do it's just so liberating I remember feeling those feelings too and after listening to that I never gave a shit about singing in the car again I was like roll the windows down I'm like join people yeah (laughs) embarrassment is another fucking lie like what is there to be embarrassed about it's very hard for me to embarrass myself now because it's like we're all just fucking human everything we do is normal whether you want to believe it or not there's so much shit that we don't talk about and that just like stigmatizes so much of the human experience but there's nothing to be ashamed of nothing you can do is something that someone else isn't experiencing probably it needs to talk about so the more conversation we can have and the more we can normalize just being normal like real humans and authentic and genuine to ourselves it's just like a ripple effect like you said it inspires the people in your life and like it's trippy to hear that like you heard that part of my podcast and that like had an impact on you right like it's we don't realize who's listening or who might take away different bits and pieces of things that we post on instagram or whatever like there's so much fucking bullshit on instagram filters fucking we've had that conversation but like Mm -hmm. filters and photo editing and people pretending that their lives are one thing when they're something else it's like if you can even like add one percent of just like authenticity and people can read that from you and like they can clock that like you're a real human and you're not afraid to show it i feel like it makes a massive impact totally it just yeah, it just drives more connection to be authentic to yourself actually brings you a lot deeper connection with everybody else. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I love that. And I've said that to people too. It's like mm-hmm. people, we bond in society. We're, we're kind of like programmed to bond through alcohol, which is really ironic because that is not quality time. You're not present. You're not listening. You're fucking trying to talk over top of everyone. You don't remember it the next day. It's like, why is alcohol such a big part of every celebration and everything that we do? Like, 
actually, I really love spending time with my friends sober, going for a hike, having a real conversation, just actually being present together and like exploring what it's like to have a conscious, like intentional experience together. Like that is what I like. And I actually had someone ask me this like yesterday or some some recent day. He's like, well, isn't it hard for you when you date and they like want to have a drink? And I was like, well, first of all, I don't date. So that makes it <laughs> easy. But like I, I have dated. And actually, interestingly, if I'm being honest with myself, normally I have no problem setting that boundary because it's like I actually would prefer to hang out with you during the day and like get to know each other and be present and like me actually see who you are and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mo- the last time that my la- most recent dating experience was like the last time that I kind of abandoned myself and I got back into a habit of drinking and like justifying that within myself, which, which was like over the course of last summer. And it was a brief little period, but it was really eye opening because I felt like I deserved it or I needed to blow off some steam or, and I realized now that I had some unresolved shit from other things that I was working through um, but it led me like off track and out of alignment with myself and I had that level of awareness so it was really painful because the funny thing about this work is like once you start to be self-aware that doesn't mean you're still going to be like 100% perfect and always acting in alignment with yourself and then it becomes really uncomfortable when you know that you're out of out of alignment and that ended up being like a huge lesson for me because it did not unsurprisingly it did not end well and it was just exactly what you said it's like my intuition knew from the beginning that that was not going to be something that was in alignment with my highest good and I feel like it was one of those things where it's like it was pretty similar to the pattern that I had been experiencing and I needed to learn that like one last time like one like one final fucking lesson like a big painful way of realizing that like if you don't listen to yourself. This is going to continue. And it, it seemed to give me a lot of clarity. So it just, yeah, I mean, that it becomes easier and easier and easier. And it's not just like always positive momentum. Sometimes it is a step backwards and feeling that like pain and that discomfort that's going to help you on your journey. People always think it's a negative thing to like slip up or relapse or whatever. But sometimes we need that like negative reinforcement as well. Totally. I was just going to say that, like, I actually think that's a really good point because I think a lot of people will get to a place where they've been doing really good work on themselves and slip up and then they're like, well, fuck, I, I can't do this. I'm back to normal. But it's like, it's okay. You know, like just acknowledge it, see it, acknowledge it and move forward. Like you can, there's never like, oh, you screwed up. That was the last chance of all chances. Like, no, try again tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's okay. It's a journey. And it's really important. Yeah, and I think it's really important for people to just understand that if you fuck up now and then, everybody does. <laughs> like, yeah. even people who train to be coaches and teach people in life, like, you know, like, everybody goes through things. And I think that's just really important to remember to just, you're not a, it doesn't take you off your whole entire path if you've done one thing. And I think that's something I had to learn kind of the hard way too. Like, I would take like 10 steps forward and then I'd maybe do one thing in an old pattern and I'd be like, oh my God, like, it's all down the drain and it's like no it's not actually <laughs> I've still done all the work it's still there I just had a bad day that's it it's one bad day yeah we are human we make mistakes I relate to that feeling so so much it's like you feel like you're back to square one or like for me in the drinking example it's like oh no I'm becoming my old self again and it's like this fucking yeah. shadow monster like I'm like no no like I'm going backwards and it's like no we're just not perfect and that's okay and like I can recall one 
day last summer in particular where it was like the first like actual party kind of like gathering after COVID and there, the energy like was just exciting and everybody got carried away and like I got intergalactically fucking wasted that day and like that I had to carry that shame and like the, the guilt that nothing even happened I actually didn't even make any bad decisions like it was just actually like like air quotes fun like nothing no nothing negative happened but I just felt so out of alignment with like that kind of experience that I was vibrating so low for like almost two weeks after that and that it just in itself goes to show like you don't want to be in guilt and shame because the law of attraction is real so if you're hanging out in those low vibration energies you're not going to be attracting anything good or worthwhile or in alignment with your goals so Mm -hmm. it just becomes not worth it Totally. And I think too, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know, this is kind of off, but like, when it comes to like, I don't know, I find like relationships and stuff too, when it comes to that, like, people, like, I'm sure my mom would always say to me like, oh, no one's going to date the party girl, Camille. And it was like my goal to be like, I can still be party girl and hold down a relationship. Mm. And you can have both, but it's not nearly the relationships you want. And I find like, I don't know, like, even doing all this work and stuff, like, the person that I am dating now, he, like, I feel like within this relationship, which I find is quite rare, that I've healed a lot by being in this relationship, where, like, I I started to do the work, and that is when we started to get closer, because he has been doing this kind of work for a long time, and so he kind of, I think, started to see, like, okay, this girl's, like, yeah, okay, she's, she's getting it now, and, um, But yeah, there were so many things that I thought that I had like worked on with myself or gotten to a place where I'm like, I'm so healed from this. I'm so good now. And boom, new relationship, healthy relationship. And I was like, oh, I'm so rocked in like my beliefs and like my flight and fight and flight mode. And like, it's been really interesting, actually, like just, I don't know, healing, I guess, within a relationship as well and going on this journey while in one and um I think it's really 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 important of what I've learned is to be with someone who is also willing to grow and is on that similar journey because my whole dating experience was not that and me like trying to like see like I know I'm meant for this or this or I know I have to do this and this to get here but I'm I'm not around my day-to-day environment is nothing like that whereas like being surrounded by someone day in and day out who is very similar to that who who also spends a lot of time doing work on himself that it's it's changed my life immensely like I I truly don't know how I would ever be able to date someone who is not like spiritually aligned with who they are because we would be so disconnected (laughs) if that makes sense yeah it makes total sense that's so cool to hear you say that I mean you're definitely ahead of me on that journey and that's really inspiring for me because I I mean, I know we had a lot of, like, similar toxic, like, real, you know, guy stuff happening in our life at the time when we worked together. So I have not, like, I have not fully healed that part of my life, and I'm still kind of working towards that. I don't even know if I, like, want a relationship right now, but I did notice my, I have noticed myself in the last few months, like, being attracted to guys who are, like, working on themselves and, like, Mm-hmm. I almost had like a stigma towards that before. I was so used to being attracted to the, the cool guy who like doesn't give a fuck, who like would never, you know what I mean? And that is like no longer appealing to me at all. So progress. Totally. No, I totally think that's that's kind of it too. Like when you're, that's kind of my point in that is like with that when you're out 
being like a party girl and drinking all the time like you're going home with people that you meet out one night that you probably would never don't actually have things in common with but now you've slept together so now you're going to keep doing it and now you find yourself in this relationship with someone you met at a bar that you knew you didn't want to date in the first place oh wow <laughs> like, you're describing my my entire 20s that's crazy <laughs> but yeah it's like yeah, obviously like, if you're yeah and then they just stick around and I'm like great this works out for me but I think your mind really starts to shift at like this age and stuff too when you're like what what am I attracted to that like like I mean it's a plus that he is attractive but like for me it's like the effort like um the goals like are your our values and morals aligned what do we want to do in the world what do we want to do as a together like with and then within our own goals and are you supporting one another in that and like I just I feel like a lot of that stuff will also like a lot of my drinking personally came from like running away from my bad the bad things happening in relationships and stuff and um dating people who kind of would say like oh you're never gonna get better or you're never gonna do better than me and then I'd go out and party and be like I'm gonna do better watch me you know and it just becomes this really like toxic environment and again where all your worth is like based on like a guy thinking you're attractive or people just liking you for one day or one night that they met you and I think it's just really important to find someone who's truly like also no one is going to be perfect but someone who just is trying to better their lives all the time because it makes such a difference and it's nice to when you're both doing that work you're when one person is going through something you're both at that point where you're able to hold space for that person without it being too much and without taking on their things and all that stuff and I I think it's really amazing and yeah I don't know I definitely think that things change when you're like yeah that guy's hot it's like that's that ain't it that's not enough anymore you know like what do you bring to the table because I bring this 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 and this yeah like I've been putting in work and I'm proud yeah. of like who I've become and what I have to offer and like how intelligent and aware I am. Um, so exactly. I think it's so cool to hear you speak this way. Like it's actually pretty amazing and so beautiful to see how you've grown and like gotten to know yourself and know your worth. Like it's really fucking cool because for me, my self-worth was like so beyond like in the negatives, like in that period of my life. And that was basically why, I mean, if you're feeling like you are driven by external validation it's usually because your self-worth ain't where it should be so i mean that makes you vulnerable like anyone shows you attention and you're like you it's like you're it's an addiction it will lead you just as far out of alignment with yourself as like drugs will you know what i mean like you're, you're chasing something that you feels meaningful but what you need is within yourself so it, you'll never get what you want by chasing external validation or that attention or hooking up with people. And I did not understand that for a long time. It's like, if I was feeling bad about something, I would go out and like get some attention from a guy thinking that was like going to fill the void, but nobody is surprised that that didn't work. (laughs) No, totally. But no, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really like to love talking about this stuff because I find like, I, I know personally I've grown a lot and changed, but it's interesting to see like just by me being me and being on this journey, how many other people it's also helped want to shift their lives and just giving people that ability to be like, it's possible, you know, like I have done some fucking insane shit in my life (laughs) and I'm here, you know, like, and I have a great, like great jobs and great purpose. And I have a great relationship and like life is just fucking good and it's calm and it's peaceful and it's fulfilling. And 
like I said earlier, like some days I just straight up cry because of the amount of like <laughs> gratitude and how grateful I am to be here and just be able to like even do something like this podcast because I'll tell you like three years ago, if some Riley was like, come on a podcast, it would be literally me telling all the fucked up stories of all the things I did because I couldn't even have a conversation of substance <laughs> that wasn't about sleeping with people, doing drugs, partying, went here, did this last night, did this crazy thing. Like I, I couldn't have a conversation about anything real. Right. So to be like, even in this place is just so amazing. Yeah. That's a really good point. It is. It's so cool. I wish we could like, we had like a clip somewhere of like a conversation between me and you in like 2017 that we could like run back and listen to. Cause it would be so traumatizing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would die but I see it like sometimes like I I see it a lot with friends and I don't judge like I have actually a lot more compassion for people now and in a way like I want everyone to be like at this point where they're like so self-aware and can get through anything and stuff but I do have compassion for people who aren't there yet and like to try to like just help them in the littlest way I can or just talk to them or hold space for them and I think it just comes down to like I'm so like what you're doing to getting people out of limiting beliefs, like that is the limiting beliefs and are the biggest blocks in your life. And I think it's just such an amazing thing to be able to help people with that because so many things start with that and you just don't know how much it, it alters your entire life. Yeah. We're so impressionable and we are receiving crazy messaging and crazy beliefs that are not ours. And like, we're adopting these like deep rooted fears from like, childhood and I have I similarly like just have such deep compassion for everybody because like nobody signed up to receive all of that and and our parents are also always doing the best that they can with the tools that they have so it's just seeing the whole thing as like a learning experience like my program that I've developed is meant to like replace those limiting beliefs with the truth which is like positive empowering beliefs and then also like figuring out what those fears are because there's layers and so many layers even when you think you know your fears there's more like this is a never-ending journey we are sponges and we are like we have buried so much of this so deep and then also the third piece of like knowing your emotions like we need to know ourselves we need to like really really understand ourselves and our nervous system and our whole experience in order to be able to support ourselves the best that we can and it's fucking hard and it never ends and for some people that's just like too much i guess and it makes me sad like my favorite fucking thing now like i was just in tulum for along like five weeks and I just went to as many ceremonies as I could like I would sign up for the weirdest shit I could find and just go and like have these crazy experiences with these people like you walk into a room full of people that you've never met in your life and you're doing crazy shit whatever it might be like different modalities of healing and you just connect with these people on such a fucking raw real level and I mean that's what I try and recreate in my group programs and at my retreats and it's like that connection where everybody's just like walls down like ready to be honest and ready to heal and open and support each other is my favorite feeling in the world and also something that I would never have fucking done 10 years ago like my ego was way too big I was like what the fuck like I I was in my own way so hard but that is my favorite feeling of like connecting with people in a meaningful way and having real conversations and evolving together and like just being there 
truly and being honest. And so many people will never fucking experience anything like that because they're too scared. And that does not sit well with me. Like that makes me upset, you know? Ugh, I know. I feel the exact same way. I'm like, there's like so much healing and so much room for everybody to feel like such an abundant, fulfilling life. And I don't know. I was like, I think very similar to you. Like that is pretty much my purpose in life is to like help as many people feel that feeling throughout their life. Amazing. I love that. It's crazy how we've ended up like in such similar head spaces and wanting to do such similar work. So what is next for you? What What's your career now and what are you moving into? Um, so I'm still a hairstylist right now. I think I will still do hair a little bit. I do love it. Like there's not, I honestly just, I do love it. Like I love making people feel beautiful, but my, it's really hard on my body. Like I have a lot of hip issues, a lot of wrist issues. So, um, I signed up for school to become a life coach and I'm going to Rhodes Wellness College right now. And that ends in June. So currently just like making a business model, a website, stuff like that. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I really want to, I've signed up for a few relationship courses because I think I really want to be some kind of a relationship coach or help people after they've gotten out of bad relationships and rebuild their self-worth and find healthy relationships because I'm so surrounded by people that are not in good things. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it took a long time for me to get here, but I'm like, I'm really passionate about people like being in things that make them feel so good. And, and, feeling good within themselves and knowing when to leave things that aren't good anymore. And so that's what I want to do. And I've signed up for a couple public speaking courses because honestly, like I would, I'm so extra. Like I would love to be on stage just spreading my message being like, good morning, everybody. How's it going today? <laughs> Welcome like, to I'm my so TED extra, talk. So, but it's also kind of scary, but so, but yeah, so I thought doing a couple public speaking courses and yeah, I don't know. My dream is to be like a motivational speaker and impact the lives of millions. <laughs> Oh my god, that's fucking dope. I love that. Yep. That's so cool. Um, so catch yeah. us hosting worldwide worldwide retreats and events together in five years. Um, you guys can come hang out with us. Uh, but I love that you are like taking that lens and wanting to help people in relationships because there's just not enough people giving people the skills and like pouring into people and help. Like you said, when you, once you feel good, you want it for everyone. Like it's available to everyone and it's hard to watch people not like leaning into that or wanting that for themselves. So I think it's really fucking cool right now how there's such a movement and like so many people stepping into these types of roles and wanting to empower other people and share the tools that they've found that help them and like getting people to see how it's so possible for them totally I think Jade Shetty said one time was like um it's funny how the things that break us end up being the things that become our purpose because you want everyone else to kind of experience the breakthrough you had and stuff and I'm like that is so true like as much hurt and pain and like dark darkness that was around my life like I would never be here and talking the way I am and even doing something like this with you if I hadn't gone through that, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it's really, it's amazing. And I, I don't know, I find it so interesting with what we do for, like what we're both going to be doing for work. Like we could literally do the exact same program and still have totally different clientele just because of who we are, you know, individually. And I think that's just so amazing. Like we can draw so many people from different walks of life and help them better their life and better, feel better about themselves. And 
yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, the relationship one I was just really passionate about, and I feel like a lot of women I find in my life are very insecure and very low on themselves and don't ask for what they want and don't get what, like, don't, you know, like, aren't strong within the relationship, and that's something I really want to empower people by is, like, you don't have to put up with anything you don't want to, and you're a boss bitch, basically. <laughs> Facts. Exactly that. And I love what you said, too, about, like, there's no, like, there's no scarcity of jobs in this, like, world when it comes to helping people because we all have different voices. We're basically all saying the same thing, but, like, people just resonate with different voices and different experiences, and they need to hear it many times in many different ways. And like you said, it's so cool how, like, there can be an infinite number of people coaching or holding space for people and like we just attract different people based on who we are and our energy and our experiences. And there's infinite people who need help and there's infinite helpers who are ready to like show up. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah. It makes me really excited. It is exciting. Totally. And also what you said about like, I don't know, just to go back to like the compassion piece and something that you said made me think of this, but like, it's also so important to be compassionate to like those versions of ourselves, like the past versions of mm-hmm. ourselves, because like you said, you wouldn't be where you are now if you hadn't gone through that stuff. And I've, I've had conversations with people who have a hard time, like accepting the darkness that they've been through, but also like, if you don't experience darkness, you're not going to seek out light. There are people who just kind of walk the middle line and that's all they experience because there's no drive to like seek healing or enlightenment or consciousness or any of that stuff if you've never kind of like been beaten down you're just going to keep walking the way that you've always been walking so I'm actually grateful that I had a fucked up teenage experience and my 20s were a disaster because it's like gifted me this crazy peaceful experience that I never thought that I would have I was always the girl in the chaotic life like I was always in crisis and going through something and it, it feels really magical to just like be stable and be able to help other people find that too I think like something I don't know I I did struggle with a lot for a bit was having compassion for myself about my old self and feeling like so sad for things I'd gone through or how did I not see that sooner but I actually do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race um girl yeah every episode of every (laughs) franchise every season like I'm gonna watch it when you get off this call when they when they do the like say like what would you say to your younger self I actually that to myself because I was like it actually does help so I was like I think if you ever need to like have some compassion for yourself or like have a little chat with yourself or try to like talk yourself through it like honestly that 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 should actually work (laughs) yeah inner child work is very very real I there's a really good book by this woman named Susan Anderson and I actually like also part of my journey like my early days I flew down to California and went to a workshop with her and it was amazing and she is all about inner child work and the first time I did it I was like hysterical like it's it can be really really emotional to think about that little version of you because we're all that person like that is who we are we are all pure we deserve that same like unconditional love and joy that toddlers have like without a care in the world like we deserve to feel that good all the time and we're so mean to ourselves like this comes up a lot in the online the groups that I do the self-love program it's like we do a lot of this stuff and it can be like so powerful but also really emotional to think about like that little soul that we are and how 
we've put them through like a lot of stuff and we're just mean to them and we like have all this negative self-talk and all these fears and limiting beliefs it's like that's us she is she is us I love that you brought up that I always cry I actually cry every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race I don't know what it is like so good so good but yeah no I was like I actually like tried that like a year ago and I was like oh my god it actually was very emotional and like worked because you yeah just everything you just said and I think it is good. You have to have compassion for yourself because we're just all learning. And I don't know. It's really like learning, you know, is like amazing. Like the whole journey is just amazing. It is. It's honestly, it's like so validating to speak to you because I don't know that many people who have been on both sides the way that you have. Like we're very similar, like more similar than I realized before this conversation now, right? And like we were so similar then and there's not that many people that have been on both sides of that extreme of like, you know, being fucking lost and self-loathing and self-destructive and then finding peace. Like it's kind of uncommon. And especially the fact that we actually knew each other on both sides, because like I have an amazing community of coaches and high vibe people that I'm around all the time, but they didn't know that version of me. And then there's a lot of people that like knew us before that like don't know us closely now. There's very few people who like get to see or got to experience both sides. So it's like talking to myself. It's a while. Yeah, it is really interesting. I find, I think that's why I like do resonate with so much that you post and stuff that um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think it's really like, it did, it did take a bit for me, like honestly to like, not so much go back into like the partying way, but to like really alter behaviors in a sense. And like, I think I went from like coasting at like the same kind of position for so many years to like in two years, just like a really uphill. So then there would feel a lot of that, like climbs and fall type things. But it honestly, like, I, I just, like, again, my partner, too, is very good at, like, boundary setting and this and that. And, like, if I was to react a certain way, you know, like, the way he communicates is, like, you know what? I'm just expressing this, and that's me setting a boundary, and that's that. And I'm, like, okay, you know, but I've, I've never have had that, and I've never had anybody in my life talk to me like that. So it's been, like, really great learning on my own, but as well as having someone help me and hold me accountable and hold me to a standard that I want to be at mm-hmm. and that I – yeah, and – I don't know. I feel like a lot of my friends I can slide, I would slide with a little bit because I am a stronger personality than them. But with him, like he's very good at holding me accountable to the things I stay out, say I want to do and the things I say, I want to, how I want to treat people and how I want to behave and all that. And so I really am grateful for that too. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely makes it a little easier. That's a cool perspective because it's like people can try and teach their partner whatever, but like you, it's like a consensual learning within your relationship like you want to grow and he's able to help you in certain ways and I'm sure that you help him in certain ways too and I feel like that is the way that a relationship should be like you should be enriching each other's lives and helping each other to grow and supporting each other and if it's anything other than that like no thanks yeah no totally and it was just I think it was something I've never experienced again because my I have the ego too that like the ego would come up for me because he's four years younger and I'm literally everything I've learned in life coaching school I'm like how has he not done this schooling because he already does all this so I I think when he has challenged me or brought 
things ever express things that I would find the ego coming forward because I was like, oh, you can't be right about this because you're younger or you're, mm. I'm in school to do this for a living. You can't be right about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but I've really tried to just, again, surrender and let that go and be like, he's teaching me something. I'm learning from this. It's not someone coming for me. It's nothing. It's someone trying to help me in my journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's huge. Like that is really hard to admit like our egos are fucking strong and we don't even see them coming up half the time so that's like pretty massive that you're able to see that in yourself and be so self-aware and be open to having someone teach you in that way that's like shows so much growth he sounds fucking dope i can't wait to meet him yeah, he's, he actually, he said he wanted to add you on Instagram, so he'll probably add you. <laughs> I feel like you guys get on really well. He's, like, just so different. But, yeah, no, it's, um yeah, I don't know. This was, like, a very healing podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's good. It's, like, therapy. We're giving each other it therapy. Is, no, it's so good because, yeah, I feel like different but similar journeys, and it is really nice to see that. And I think... I think it's nice too because I think a lot of your group of friends sees just you doing this and a lot of my people see just me doing this but it's cool to see two people come together that it just it's like more in numbers you know like you see more and more people this is possible for it's not like it's only me that it was possible for it's literally anybody if you want it bad enough yeah exactly and every time I post about like my past or like being a party fucking monster or party girl or whatever I have like five girls be like me too you know what I mean like there's a lot of us and there's like there's a movement happening right now where we want to be retired from that identity like we want to step in to the next version of ourselves but a lot of people don't know how to do that so I feel like there's so many like there's like an army of girls who are ready to step into their power but they're not entirely sure what that looks like and that is scary because if that is your identity you don't know who you are outside of that. You have to be willing to let that version of you die. And that uncertainty is fucking scary and it's uncomfortable. And your subconscious mind is going to be like, no, thanks. I'm good. We'll just stay right here. But it's crazy because the more I talk about it, the more I'm realizing that this is like, an uh, I almost said epidemic, but that whole term is like so ruined now. Um, but you know, like there's, there's so many of us, like it's happening everywhere. And I think the more that it's normalized, the more that we like wake people up to the fact that there is another way. You don't have to keep fucking drinking all the time if that's not serving you and that's not what you want for your life. No, it just, it just comes down to really finding the core root of why are we drinking all the time? Yeah. And like I said, like I'll drink once in a while now, but it's like, oh, it's a friend's 30th birthday and I, it's a dinner and I'll have a drink at dinner. You know what I mean? But it's like, you, I don't know. It's just figuring that out and figuring out the core of like, why? Like I don't, I was like, yeah, I could have a drink with dinner because I'm literally coming to celebrate a friend's birthday. It's not, I'm not here to avoid anything. I'm not trying to run away from anything. I'm here to celebrate someone's birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think it's just being very connected to your intention and being being able to yes. be honest with yourself and knowing your limit and your boundaries around it. Like, I'll probably not be sober for the rest of my life. Like, I, I never really said that that was my goal. But, like, right now, I just have no intention. I, like, it just doesn't feel good. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to. When I first got to Costa Rica, I was drinking a little bit, partying a little bit. And then after a couple of weeks, I was like, okay, this is not a vacation. Like, this doesn't feel good. I just want to feel my best every day. I'm in these beautiful fucking places. I'm not wasting a single day being hungover. Like, I want to be up at 5 a.m. watching the sunrise and being productive and enjoying my time while I'm here. It's just getting clear on, like, being present. Like, I would, I have experienced 
these countries on like such a different level. Like I had spent a good amount of time in Costa Rica and Mexico before, but I was blacked out the whole fucking time. You know what I mean? Like I've never been on a vacation, let alone something like this, where it wasn't about partying or just like drinking my face off or like, you know, I actually got a crazy message from like this guy who organized a trip that I went on to Costa Rica like eight years ago. And he's like, hey, it's really cool to see what you're doing and it seems like you're in a really good place um i could tell that you had some shit that you were hiding from when with your drinking <laughs> like and just like this weird obscure message like noting that like he could tell that i was in a bad place and i was like cool thank you i think but like yeah. it, it's just funny it's a totally different experience to be here and be sober and be present and just like fully immersed and wanting to be, be conscious in all of it mm-hmm. totally i agree same thing in your relationship too. It's like conscious relationship is a thing. And like when you're intentionally deciding what it is and what your priorities are and what your values are and making sure that people actually fit your criteria instead of what you said about like like the situationships. It's like, oh, yeah. a, an accidental hookup just turned into a three-year relationship and I'm sitting here surprised that it didn't work out. Like obviously, obviously. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, totally. We just lose ourselves and it really just is about like getting back to you, who you are, your real fucking self. And sometimes that can be scary. And like there's too many lookalikes and everyone's so similar already. Like we, there's like 5 million Kim K books likes. Like everyone just needs to be individual. Individual. Just be your fucking <laughs> like, self. Original. Like we don't need to follow anything or look like each other or this or this or that. We can just be ourselves because... That is literally why we are put here. Every, each one of us is put here to do something different. <laughs> I know. I shared something recently about like nature. We like love variety, like plants, flowers, like all of it, birds. It's like, oh, amazing. There's so many different things that are, make these all unique. And then it's like humans. Like, no, you better have fucking black hair and a middle part and big lips and <laughs> eyelash extensions and like perfect teeth. And that's it. Like, and if you don't, then it's an issue. Like, that makes no sense. I'm like, did you just describe me? <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's so true. Well, thank you for this conversation. Anything else that you want to add or ask or say? No, I feel like I feel like this was good. I feel like we need to talk more though because yeah, I just feel like we need to do some shit together down yeah. the road. I feel a collaboration for sure. Um coming our way but I mean this has been it has been therapeutic I feel like it's been good to catch up but I think this is also very relevant conversation and things that people need to hear hopefully um what's your podcast called again where can people find you on yeah it's on Spotify and Apple Music and it's called Going Off with Camille Going Off and where are you on Instagram I'll put this in the in the episode notes Uh, Camille uh, Camille LaFrance is my Instagram Camille LaFrance on instagram yeah that's that's it that feels complete for me thank you so much for your time and energy it's been really fucking thank cool you to reconnect yeah this is the um, i appreciate it so go Ugh. find camille go find her podcast go listen to her go off because it's good and you need to hear it and yeah that's it let us know what you thought of this episode if you thought it was Um, relevant or if it resonated for you in any way and if you want to chat further about any of this with either of us we would love to connect yeah feel free to shoot me a dm slide in 